Experimentation, Ruben here, your host of hosts. You guys know that every single week I bring you guys the Real Estate Experiment Show. In addition to being your host for that show, I am also a short-term rental host. That's right, the Airbnb space. And in order to have a successful Airbnb business and operation, doesn't matter if you have one property, two properties, three properties, 12 properties, or 50 properties, the backbone of your business requires you to have a property management software system. Now, what is that? A property software management system allows you to see all your listings all at once. It allows you to know when people are checking in and out. It allows you to have visibility on the front end so that you can give a great experience for your customers checking in and out of your properties on the front end. And for the back end, it means being able to have cleaners there on time, turning over every property on time, and then as well as being able to focus on the details or not focus on the details at all because the PMS does it for you. That's right. Such as being able to send codes for every check-in. You don't have to do that because a PMS software like Guesty for hosts allows you to synchronize and integrate your smart lock system with a PMS software. This is why you need a PMS software like Guesty for hosts, because it allows you to not only be able to operate your business, but it allows you to work on it and not in it because the software does 90% of the work from you from automated templates to generating income reports to even building a website builder as an option to looking at your statistics, even giving auto reviews to your guests as they check in and out. This is a system, not any system. You need guesty for hosts. That's what we use to get to super host status on Airbnb. That's what we use to integrate multiple other channels, multiple listings to operate our business without having any kinks in the system. And most importantly for your guests, because your job as a host is to take care of your guests the exact same way I take care of my guests that come on the show here in the exact same way I have a duty to take care of you, the audience. So if you're looking to be into the short-term rental space or you currently are and you do not have a PMS software, make sure you check out Guesty for Hosts. It's what we use. I always share with you guys what I'm using as a true practitioner in the space. And it is the backbone of our short-term rental business that have allowed us to scale and continue to add more properties and continue to be the super host that we are as we continue to serve the guests that come in and out of our properties. Make sure you click the link below in the show notes. If you're listening to this, be in the show notes. It could be on the screen as well so that you can let Guesty know that I sent you. Use our unique link at host.guesty.com and you will see the detailed link for you in the show notes or in the bio or video description so that you can let Guesty know who sent you. Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. Real estate experiment, what is happening y'all? Today I have a brother that I've gotten to know very, very, uh, very, very. Let's start off nice. Fairly well, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, on um, on and off the air. Uh, you know, we've been you know involved in a few clubhouses. We have mutual connections, and it's just been a, a, a treat to, to really have uh, Will Slickers stepping into the lab with us, wearing his lab coat. And what's interesting about Will, he's a true embodiment of an experimenter, as you guys know. In the lab, it's all about experimenting different concepts. 
uh, being in the hospitality business, being in the content creation podcasting world, which we love so much. Uh, I'm just so excited to unravel what Will has to bring to the table. So Will, welcome to the lab, my friend. What's going on, buddy? Ruben, it's so good to see you, my man. I'm pumped. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. So Will, you have a very interesting background. We were just talking about this, uh, you know, offline. You're dialing in from, you said it's a little bit above Seattle. Am I correct? Yeah, I'm just an hour north. So if you look at the Canadian border in Seattle, I'm smack dab right in the middle. Canadian. Have you been to Canada, by the way? Yeah, yeah I have. Okay, because I'm Canadian. I don't even know that. We, we, we oh, I did not know that. Yeah, come on, man. See, I told yeah, you some stuff in all the right. Year, man. So, <laughs> so, Will, so, so yeah, so we got, you got to show love for the Canadian. Shout out to British Columbia, though. That's, that's a whole different type of market. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's actually one of, like, what, the most expensive places to live in North America, something like that. I don't know. I don't know if you knew that because you're, you're, you're my data guy. But uh, very interesting. But let's talk about your background for a second. I want to just level set because I think it helps people get some context, right? So, mm -hmm. You are in the hospitality space and you host a podcast about it, but you've also been involved on the management side. Am I correct? And mm -hmm. you've also been involved. Uh, obviously we talked about the short, the vacation rentals. Uh, you're doing some really interesting things in that space right now. You've created some awards, which I want to hear about. Cause I'm like, when I read them, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I found out about you when we're in, in clubhouse. I think it's like the destination award is what you yeah. have. Uh, the, you're the host of the hospitality podcast and the good morning hospitality. And uh, you say you want to be the Joe Rogan of the hospitality. Is that, is that what, is that, is that what no, happened? I, yeah. Not, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't coin myself that somebody oh, else did. Somebody else oh, said yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, even yeah, better. Yeah. Cause I don't know, man, you can call it, speak it into existence. Let's go back for a second now. Well, <laughs> who, how did the journey start as far as when it comes to hospitality? Cause it's such a broad umbrella. We talk about real mm -hmm. estate and then there's hospitality. So, Talk to us about your background and in, into the hospitality space and where you feel that you step in and what do you offer as far as the marketplace goes? Yeah. So really the background starts when I was very young and 19. Um, I came from, I had a rough start, like in the beginning, I, I got myself into some trouble. And uh, after that, uh, realized I needed to kind of like get my act together. And I kind of accidentally became an entrepreneur by starting a show for an event company because I couldn't find a job. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, wait outside the, the yeah, it's arena in this town, Spokane in Washington, and just Uber people to their hotel, like just for a cheap, uh, cheap, uh, you know, trip. And then Uber actually came in like a year later. So I like could not compete. I grew uh, multiple chauffeur drivers and had a party bus and all this other stuff. And it was just like, okay, too much overhead. Can't do it. So I actually closed that business. But um, when I got into hospitality was when I worked for a four diamond hotel under Marriott. Um, so I remember picking up some guests there from that hotel. Love the ambiance of the lobby. Very luxury suit and tie, clean look that, you know, just awesome feel when you get to a nice hotel. And I fell in love. I applied, um, got hired on the spot. And that's where my journey began. I never looked back, worked my way up to management and the boutique side of hotels and short-term rentals and podcasting. And it kind of just all, you know, it was a snowball effect one after one. So that's fascinating because I always say we're in the people business, right? So mm -hmm. it's really important to understand. So you must have a very interesting angle when it comes to, okay, when you're talking about Ford Diamond, we were just talking about this you know, offline, you talk about systems, you talk about, you know, 
taking care of the customer, what stood out to you right away when you when you were literally planted in that ecosystem, like your brand new suit and tie, everybody said, oh, shoot. What was the thing that kind of like jumped out at you? Like, wow, this is this is how it works. Yeah, it was really ingrained in me really right in the beginning. You know, take care of the guests, take care of the guests, take care of the guests, all the systems and the like you have to obviously know the basic core standards for Marriott and your service standards, like saying my pleasure instead of, Oh yeah, of course, you know, like just certain little things that you had to learn. But on top of that, after that was ingrained in me, it was really just do what I can. It was such a high pace that you just like do anything you can to get the guest happy. And whether it's, you know, their credit card declined and they're trying to figure out why their travel restrictions were not working or, who knows whatever else so you just have to find a way to make sure that you can amend the system. Um, and you learn a lot through that because you have so many different little things that can maybe upset one person, but doesn't upset another. Um, and they react differently. So you're really learning about people at a deep level where mm. body language, tone of voice, lack of eye contact or too much eye contact and proximity and, you know, certain fidgeting that they do with their hands or their, um, their micro expressions, which if you've seen the show uh, lie to me, um, yeah. I thought it was something that was complete BS, but actually like being involved, like with people at a high level, you can pick up on that stuff pretty quick. So that was just the kind of the big thing that I picked up right away and was like, okay, this is not like a, hi, how can I check you in or check you out today? It was a, it was a deep, like, I felt like an analyst at the end of the day. So is it one of those things? Cause we talk about the, the, the word experiment, which is pretty much mm-hmm. you get, you start just to learn as far as learning on the fly and as far as the systems that were there to help you uh what can you say was okay that was more of like i had to figure it out on my own and part of it was oh wow this is like if a great system is in place x person no matter who it is whether it's will bob or joe or sally can succeed can you kind of let's talk about the experimenting Mm -hmm. part and then let's talk about the system part what did you experiment on your own and that you quite frankly had to yeah well, I was checking people in pretty quick after I started working there at that hotel. And the one thing I noticed is that there was a set, you know, everyone was taught a certain way of how the software works. So like what column to start in with a check-in and how to end a check-in. So like kind of like the segments of that software system. Um, but then what the experiment was after I learned the basics of, okay, the name here, the card here, the room type and room number here, and then finish how it all flows together that I had to learn my own script or my own style of how I wanted to interact with the guests. Brendan did it completely different. He had a very soft, quiet tone. Jared was very excited and, you know, pointing at all the local restaurants and coffee places and getting the guests excited about the destination. And then there's um, Hannah, who was more focused on the journey. How was your trip here? Why um, did you fly? Did you drive? Are you here to visit family? Like she was all about like their reason of here and picking up from every single one of them on their, their style. I had to play with and find my own. Did I want to be more like Jared? Did I want to be like Brendan? Did I want to be like Hannah? What could I have done to be Will Slicker so that way whenever my guests were checking in or checking out, that they would have a different, unique experience that none of the other three could provide. Mm. Um, So that was the experiment for me. Okay, so we're trying to be like Slick Will, by the way. So we got to be like, <laughs> what, is, what, what is one thing, what one line you think or one, one go-to that usually kind of like just 
eases out a situation. Is there something that comes to mind? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I just think I like leaving the listeners with something tactical. Like, is there something that you feel at a human level we can all start doing to make sure that we start understanding each other, making sure that we, we you know, give the other person kind of a, the benefit of doubt or whatever, putting them at mm-hmm. ease. Is there anything that, that you, a go-to will quote you on this? We'll tweet it. We'll put it out there. What is that? What is that one thing Will Will likes to say to, uh, to accommodate another uh, human being? Yeah. It's just have empathy. Like, honestly, they don't know how your guys' system or software works or how you have to check a person or check a person out or do a cleaning or anything like that. They don't know that stuff. Like that's something that you do. Um, So when they're upset about something, I always have to say, I can't get upset back. Right. I can't like retaliate and be like, well, this is how we have to do it Um, because they don't care. They don't understand. So I need to have empathy and understand they don't know my system and what I'm doing. So I always say, I'm so sorry, or my apologies right away, just to give them the the ability to understand, like, I hear you. I'm, I'm not going to try to get defensive. I'm not going to try to be saying you're wrong because at the end of the day, I need to find a way to understand your, your thought process, your feelings, how you are going about it. So I usually just go, Ruben, my man, I am so sorry about this. Like, this is something that I definitely could have prevented. Usually you just take ownership and um, let me go ahead and work through, see how I can fix this with you, whether it's, let's say, I put you in the wrong room type. I, you, you booked a king and I gave you a queen. So I'd be like, Ruben, I mean, I totally understand. You're probably a tall guy. I would hate sleeping in a queen bed. Like my feet would be dangling. I wouldn't be able to cover them up at night. I totally get it. So let me go ahead and look for an upgrade for you. I'm going to give you a complimentary drink voucher as well, because I just think this is something that I just think I want to own up to and, and show you that we care that this isn't something I would take lightly. If I was in your shoes, I would want, you know, this to be amended really quick. Um, that's just an example. It's just really understanding that the more you just have, yeah, empathy is key. You just can't, no, I, can't I, get defensive. Well, I love that because I, I think that's for everything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, fun, I funny, my coach said this today in, or today, it was actually yesterday I was listening to him and it was like, um, let your worst like headache clients, like let those be turn, try to turn those into a best, a best, right? Because what happens is you have to, what I love what, about what you said is it's empathy and you have to put yourself in their shoes. So if they don't know your systems, they don't know how hard you work. They've never met you before. Maybe this is their first time staying with you. They don't know what to expect. They don't know who you are, right? They don't know how hard you work. So you have to, it's all context. You have to kind of put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay, if, I didn't know the, the, the kind of, you know, expectations that we have. And this was a situation I would be upset too. And I love how you said it because you're literally rephrasing it. I'm like, okay, this guy understands me. And I think at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be understood. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I was dealing with a situation on the phone the other day, customer service. And it was just the fact that they understood. Yeah, if that was me, he just said, I, I completely understand. I'd be very frustrated as well. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I'm not crazy. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and so that's uh, well put. I think that's important. You said a key word. and It was such a great segue. You said they don't understand the systems and processes that go behind the scene. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that for a second. Like a diamond hotel. What do we not see as the day to day? You know, hey, give you my card. We out of here or we here like we expect everything to be nice. Like what goes behind the scenes that you, that that really when you first started jumped out at you? I know you talked about the booking system beginning end and stuff, but. Can we talk a little bit about like what, you know, maybe 
maybe the, the credit that you don't even get enough of, of the behind the scenes or the, the amount of, you know, labor and systems that, that go into place from just literally having one stay. Like, can you talk about that and unravel that so we can be a little bit more aware and maybe have empathy for you guys uh, <laughs> who are working so hard on the other side? Yeah, well, thankfully, I'm no longer behind the front desk anymore. So um, it's it's been a cool transition. But the one thing that like at a four diamond property, so you're having constant communications with all departments. So I had a, a radio earpiece uh, at all times. So while the guest is either talking to me or upset or maybe happy, um, I'm having people in my ear the whole time. Valet, room service, yeah, security. You what got, are they? What are they saying? Oh, they're, you know, everyone's, you know, back and forth, you know, communicating with each other, you know, maybe that's oh, a radio line. Issue. Yeah, it's a radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. So you're, you're listening to the whole hotel move at the same time. While I'm also trying to be aware of not like just a normal check in process, but understanding we have a certain ADR occupancy, turnover, room type, housekeeping report, um, rooms under inspect, rooms under dirty, rooms under clean. Like you have a lot of, stuff that is going on at once like especially the the hotel was 716 rooms so managing the amount of penthouses amount of junior suites the presidential suite the governor suite the double kings the kings like you had six room types that you're keeping inventory of that's changing on the spot because you got three other people doing the same thing as you um checking people in so behind the scenes is pretty much you're a salesman because you're trying to get them maybe to upgrade. You're trying to get them to sign up for the Marriott rewards program, but then you're also trying to give them, you know, recommendations of local restaurants. And then you're trying to make sure that their car is being taken care of by valet and you're charging the right amount. Then you got room service who's, you know, ready to rock and roll and get them some drinks up to their room or whatever. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts. So just being understanding how they all tie together and picking up on certain cues that the guest is talking about or that they're maybe not talking about so that way you can recommend different things better. There's just a lot. I don't even know how What's, else Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll help you out here. So yeah. talk about, I'm very curious. You, you talk about the upsell and I'm a marketer, right? I'm a digital marketer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I heard there's like a funnel within the hotel. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. So how often... Do you like, what's the conversion rate on that? Like if I'm booking, like, you know, like, you know, how you usually typically, I feel like, and then this is great marketing to be like, oh yeah, by the way, we threw that on the house for you. I'm like, okay, sure. All right. <laughs> so what's the, what's the, like, do you guys convert often on upgrades? Like how does that, how, how pitch me on an upgrade right now? Yeah. Okay. So let me walk you to the next hotel that I worked at where I became uh, a general manager of on the Oregon coast, because we had a little bit older system in place. It wasn't, we had paper reg cards for the guest, and on these paper reg cards, you have to, you see like the guest name, the room type, their day to stay. Um, you have whether they book through an OTA or direct email, phone number, you have all the information. So being like the marketer that you are and that I am as well, I want to capture as much of the OTA traveler to become a converted direct guest. Hey, can you so, just a level set? Cause I know we're, we're very jaded when we say the word OTA mm-hmm. uh, for some of our listeners who maybe are not so familiar on this hospitality side. Could you just uh, kind of yeah. give insight on what that is? So online travel agency. So Expedia, booking.com, Airbnb, any kind of platform that, um, offers accommodations other than the property's website directly, um, online travel agent. Um, so for us to get that guest to book with us directly, so we're not paying commissions to these online travel agents is, is I took these reg cards and I was the manager and I was looking at my team and I had Debbie, who's been there forever. Let's just say her name is Debbie. Um, she's been born and raised in the town. Then we have 
Jeff, who is brand new, but really good with people. And then we have maybe Sally, who's uh, a little rough around the edges, but if you can get her talking about something that she likes, uh, she's fantastic. We, so I took these red cards and I highlighted all the guests that came from an online travel agent. And I highlighted their room rate. I highlighted the room, the room type. And I told my agents, I said, if you can get them one room type above what they booked at a $20 difference or more, you bring this back to me. They, they have sticky notes on them. They bring this sticky note back to me. And at, whoever has the most at the end of the month gives a certain commission. Um, and let's say every one of them brought me five or more. Uh, I would make sure that they all got, you know, a commission split between all of them or there's a certain amount. Um, so the way we would do it, it was fun. It became, it became a game. And I'm sorry if I'm kind of rambling a little too no, much. No, this is but... great. This is what we want. We want the insiders. We're okay. in the huddle right now. All right, cool. I was like, because this is a, it was a little bit older system. So this was like, there's a lot of little steps, but it ended up being really fun. So as you're checking in a guest, they would see, okay, let's say we knew we're at 30% occupancy that night. And we had a bunch of guests coming in for a studio and a one bedroom, but they're all the non-view rooms. I want to get them looking at the river, the sunset, the ocean, whatever the good view is. Uh, but I also want them in a higher room type, which is like a one or two bedroom. So saying that, okay, okay. all right, Ruben, you're checking in today. Hello, Mr. Ruben, how are you doing today? How was your trip? So excited that you're here. You say, oh, thank you so much. I'm checking in for two nights. Really great. We got you in the studio room and I see you brought your fiance and you have a dog. We love dogs here. We're very pet friendly. Um, just an FYI, I highly recommend, to be honest, like two nights. I probably like if it was one night, I would have been like, hey, Ruben, you're fine. This was going to be a great room. You guys are you know, going to be on the beach most of the time anyways. But here for two and it can be a little cramped in there sometimes, especially with the dogs. Got a lot of energy going to the beach and getting all sandy. I would love to see you guys enjoy a Riverview room with a balcony overlooking the river right now, because I know this isn't just a one night trip where you're just going to be sitting, you know sitting around and not doing anything. Like I want you guys to enjoy it. So I have a discount for you. Um, it's, you know, it's only 20 nights or $20 a night. So if you want to take this up, mostly, most of the time, this sells for like 40, $50 extra a night. And I just want to get this settled for you guys. I'll even waive the pet fee just so that way you guys make sure, um, you know, you're comfortable and not feeling a little cramped in your room. Do you feel like you want to upgrade? What? Shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little See, bit that longer. was so natural. It, you know what I liked about that? It was about you're selling the experience and you're making them feel like they're winning. It's a win-win, right? I mean, they are. You're selling yeah. them something more. They have to spend more. You're winning. They're winning. So yeah. I like how you pitched that. Of, of, and I think what was key for me when I heard there is you said, I'm throwing you a discount on this offer. Um, depending on how large it is, it's a discount, oh. right? But they, but they don't know that either way, if they're in their studio or if they're in this room, I'm not losing, like, it's not, it's not going to make me money sitting there empty. So I might as well give it to them for a cheaper rate than if I were to just let it sit there on, you know, all night long, not being booked. So mm. for me, it makes sense. I'd rather get them in at a lower price. Granted, if the occupancy rate was at 90% and we only had two of those rooms left, I would probably go in like that $50 extra a night. Like that's, you know, supply and demand. Come, yeah. Comes, you know. yeah. Well, you talked about your overhead in your other business, which was interesting because one thing that, that I think about in this very similar, in the hospitality industry and the travel agency 
like you talk about like a flight taking off and it has empty seats. It, I'm wondering like same thing, right? Like you have a night that's going to end and there's empty rooms. Um, I, I guess what I'm wondering is how much do you more can you discount those rooms so that you're, you're, you know, I guess breaking even or like to the point that it makes sense. Like, is there, what, is there a formula? Is there a number you guys use by? Do you just want to make sure you're covering your cleaners? Like how does it work at a, at a macro level? Cause I can imagine maybe if you're thinking about your Airbnb, you know, you want to cover the cleaning fee for some of our listeners who are in the short term rentals, but for, for such a big operation like that, what, what's the, what, as you, as the manager, how do you define how low you can go? Yeah. It's a good question. So you, you pretty much take down the total units and the cost per unit. So what, how much am I spending uh, a month on my toiletry invoices? So when I'm buying, buying the, the shampoos, the conditioners, the bar soap, the makeup remover, um, all that stuff. Think about trash bags, um, trying to think of other stuff in the room, but you think about all the stuff that's in a room, right? When you go to a hotel, mm-hmm. uh, you think about all those costs, you add that up. Okay, now you take your average metric of housekeeping for a, let's say a one bedroom. How long does it take a normal housekeeping team to clean this room from checkout to check-in? So let's say it takes them a one bedroom suite. It takes them 35 minutes to clean. They strip, they vacuum, they wipe all the floors. They get it all up to standard. They get it all ready. Um, So you take that total cost of labor. So you're paying them however many dollars an hour, let's say 15, takes them 35 minutes. You got two of them. So roughly that's about what I would say 15 bucks for a third one bedroom suite, uh, not including your amenities. So you add your amenities costs, you add, calculate what your average, you know, energy, water usages per unit out of the whole building. And then that is your base number, break even number. So let's say it costs 35 bucks. Is so that, is that have, like more, is that like a number just start, start, we want the juice, Will? Yeah. The 700, no, that, you know, yeah. is that like? No, for the last hotel I was at, the 70 unit condominium hotel, it was on, we had to at least cover uh, the cost which of, of turnover, which is a $35 rate. Wow. So okay. that, that was a minimum because we had, you know, two bedroom suites as well where they're a little bit longer to clean, right? It costs a little bit more. Um, so on average, it's about $35. Talk about a markup, right? Um, yeah. What's what's the do you know what the industry average markup is? Like I know in short-term rentals like Airbnb, we talk about like you can two to five X, right? Like the mortgage. What's yeah. what's your what are your margins that you're looking for to cover in the, in that kind of industry in the in the, in the hospitality and the hotel industry? Yeah, well it goes into seasonality too, but mm. like with during the the the, the off season, you know, we were selling rooms. I would say our studios at like 80 bucks a night. So, you know, that's not a big markup, but you mostly, again, that's when you try to fill up all those studios that you can sell them at a lower rate, try to upgrade them to another room type. So now you have more inventory to sell at a lower rate and try to get in and it becomes a, a funnel, oh. a big cycle. How can you, so, what are you using to, to, what do you guys, what kind of tools? I got two questions for you though. First, the inventory, I'm curious, I'm very curious about that. And two, the, the kind of tools that you're using. So um, tools as in like applications, is, is there one that, I know we hear those words being thrown around a lot in, in some of these clubhouses that we've been, but what are, what are some of the applications that's kind of industry standard or best 
best tools that are that that, uh, that we're using for management. So you're talking like on on property for a yeah. hotel? Yeah, yeah. Like, is there a place like a dashboard where you're looking at all this stuff? What keeps you? Yeah, lined yeah. Up? We used um, we used Travel Click. I don't know if you've mm. heard of them. They're, no, they're, um, they got I think bought out by Synexus or somebody or Apex, but pretty well known like hotel software company. They're a little bit more updated than your average Oracle product or whatever. Oh, wow. Really? So yeah. So it was like I liked it compared to oracle but um a one little thing that i don't think most people know and it really i think depends on market this was a little trick i started using it was a free tool that when you go on kayak.com you know uh, it's a search engine it's a pretty much that's all it is it's a search engine that connects to a bunch of other online travel agents to find you the best deal um you actually can use that in your market let's say you google seaside oregon uh, for your certain date range that you're trying to sell rooms it will show you what every property in your comp set is selling their rooms on what OTA. So that way you can, you know, go look through your rates and say, are you comparable in the market? Are you too high? Are you too low? Are you right, right, you know, at the right price? Uh, Cause then that can actually help your revenue strategy. Cause there's revenue management at a high level. Like you do a monthly review, a weekly review, but there's this thing called yield management, mm-hmm. whereas you're, you're constantly watching, your rates and how the market is reacting in that moment in that time. And you're adjusting as supply and demand increase or decrease. Absolutely. So one thing I got to ask you, man, is, is, and I've gotten one plug before, but I'm curious, we talk about inventory scale, like Mm -hmm. towels, toilet paper, et cetera. Is there an industry like monopoly or plug that someone is using that to get these at scale that maybe, uh, some of our listeners can even tap into is that just for the big boys uh, so like to buy these products and yeah. get them at a, a certain high volume mm-hmm. um, I've heard of uh, I don't know if it's host to go home host to go I don't know I, I've seen the the founder on clubhouse um, where basically they tried to find these industry standard linens towels etc you know toilet papers or toiletries um, and they negotiate to these uh, distributors or, or whatever manufacturers to get a lower volume still at that discounted price that a hotel would get for the bigger volume uh, for Airbnb people, people on the short-term rental market. So I've heard good things. Um, I haven't used them myself because I'm a, a big fan of, of uniqueness for properties and, and finding, um, you know, whatever uh, the local, if there's a local shop, that provides stuff like that as well. Um, trying to circle it through, uh, but that's one like tool maybe plug we can give for for the audience. Yeah, yeah. And when you say local shops, is that more like uh, um, like you could do that at a seven hundred room scale, or you're talking more boutique hotel? Yeah, I'm talking like I'm talking short term rental on that side. Yeah, yeah. short term rental. Like if you have a great local community that has a bunch of local business owners. Um, I've, we've worked with one here for one of our properties. She makes high quality, high thread count linens, like some nice stuff, like some stuff that I probably wouldn't see in a four diamond hotel, like really good. And we partnered up with her and said, Hey, we got this unit. It's got, you know, three bedrooms. We want to do three par per bed. And we want to advertise like what you're doing. We think, you know, people always comment on how comfortable the bed is and how great Mm. they sleep here. So I want to send them your way. So that way they can have the same night's sleep that they just had with us, you know, at home. Absolutely. 
That's yeah. that's super cool, man. I, I'm really no, I really like that. It's um, it's really cool, like how you you've been able to experience that at scale. And the reason I'm curious is because you, you've seen it at a very high scale, and now you can kind of also compare it to the boutique side. So talk to me about the boutique hotel. Is that something you spent some some time in? Is that something you're actively spending time in right now? Because I know you've uh, you're making mm-hmm. a lot of movements lately with the podcast, mm-hmm. which I want to get into. Uh, I want to give you a big congratulations because I know you've been able to score some really uh, well-known names in the in the industry uh, when it comes to um, vendors. And so I want to tip my hat towards you towards that. But as far as like where people can find you today, are you actively mm-hmm. involved still or you've kind of transitioned out? We'll be right back. Yeah, good question. So December uh, 27th, 2019 was my last day as the hotel manager. I will never forget giving my three-week notice and um, taking on the podcast full-time as well as my uh, management company for short-term rentals. So I've been over a year now of entrepreneurship uh, at a full scale. So I'm really excited. That's fascinating. So now as far as the... um... Uh, that's a big shout out to uh, recreation in my uh, uh, recreation, 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 recreation. the French in me, recreation, (laughs) vacation rentals. I'm like trying to say it properly. Uh, You said your co-founder destination director. Can you tell me, tell us the listeners what that entails as far as who you're really serving now, what -hmm. your kind of day to day is? Because you've obviously had so much different experience in that, in that, in that space. And I would love to see like what you've chosen to tap into in your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. Well, my business partner, uh, he's a 25 year hotel veteran. So he has worked in a high scale of, you know, St. Regis and all these other big, uh, you know, companies on a, on a grand scale of hotels, very good luxury properties. Um, he's a systems guy. He is all about, like, I love it too. Like, but my energy where I get, where I get amped up and where I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Oh my God, I get to do this. Um, is when I say destination director is I get to focus on getting the systems in place with him in the beginning and then finding ways to now make the whole, my whole goal is to get bookings and to make sure that those guests are having the best time, no matter what, like I get to go to the local coffee roaster and to the local brewery and to the local, uh, you know, disc golf course and find ways that we can partner up and sell their product or advertise their product or just refer each other for any type of business. So um, I get to focus on the destination itself. That's my, that's where I get energy. I get amped up knowing that one of my guests can go look at a honey beehive taken care of by a local chiropractor here in this town that he personally has hundreds, if not almost a million bees that he takes care of and, and has honey from like just super cool stuff like that, that you, you know, when you have the right systems in place on the back end where you have your automated messaging, where you're able to set up a system and be aware of, like, obviously when you set up a system it's trust, but verify, right? So it does its thing. Yeah, it's, it does its thing. And you, you just make sure it's, it's running smooth. So that way you can spend the rest of your time doing what you love. And um, that's what I get to do. So that's, that's kind awesome. of a, my job in a nutshell. You're a creator, man. And so uh, just to give people some context, is this now more at the boutique level hotel level? Yep. So, so I don't do any hotels. We're doing strictly uh, vacation rentals right now. So we have a uh, 9,000 square foot home coming on board. We have a beach house coming on board. And then we have another unit, it's just a two bedroom, two bath. 
um, but uh, actively in a conversation with more people. Um, so we are actually looking and have been talking to uh, individual boutique hotels to become co-hosts and mm-hmm. operate and sell their rooms on our system by selling it on OTAs such as Airbnb or on our direct website. And then they manage the guests upon check-in and check-out, um, which is a different type of model that we're not used to, but we're, we've gotten a lot of interest from hotels in the area. So we're looking at that as an option. Okay. And these uh, beach homes, these vacation rentals, uh, are you and your partner, are you uh, doing the, because I know my listeners may or may not be familiar. I've been introducing them to this new um, bright side. I was going to call it dark side, but just so <laughs> bright and just lovely. This short-term rental. So is it a manage more of the management? Is it like a master lease agreement? Like how are you guys doing these, these, uh, these arrangements of the management? Yeah, 100% management agreement. So we actually, at first, we were just saying 20% of all, uh, all of all revenue. Um, we keep the cleaning fee because we are obviously hiring the cleaners and the maintenance people and the inspectors. Um, but we're actually looking at a new model as well to go, okay, let's say that two bedroom, two bath unit only makes 40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. It made 40,000 more than it would have, uh, you know, not being rented. But that's, uh, you know, not a lot of volume for us at a 20% commission scale. So we actually up it to 30 for mm-hmm. the low, for the lower annual revenue, but for the 9,000 9, square foot home expected to make uh, 170,000 a year um, minimum before our, our improvements. Cause obviously we're going to wait, you know, over deliver on that. We're going to crush it. Um, we say we'll go down to that 20% commission mark because the nightly rate is at a higher scale where, you know, $150 a night and 20%, it's not a lot of money, but $1,500 a night at 20% uh, commission rate. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that could be a pretty good chunk, especially when you're making 25 grand in July. So that's, that's that's fascinating. Good for you, man. Well, I I know you're going to have uh, extreme success in your, 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 in with whatever you embark in. So I'm very excited. I want to tap into the other side where, and I want to definitely give you a big shout. I know recently you've been able to get some key sponsorships uh, with hopefully noise aware, uh, safely. Uh, so big congrats on that. That's a big deal. Uh, we know those names in the industry. If you're in industry, you're like, Oh, wow, that's very impressive. Um, as far as, um, that goes, uh, that in, you know, transitions into kind of like your world of podcasting. Um, from your experience into someone who's listening out there, I know you've done a very good job. I know we've talked about this offline of, 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 of getting strategic partnerships. I mean, you talk about going to the local coffee shop and forming mm-hmm. relationships, et cetera. Uh, what would you say is the biggest tip you can give someone who's interested in like, wow, how did, how did Will do that? Those are some big names. Like what is the, the, the kind of tactical approach uh, that, that someone could take if they're looking to, again, uh, earn uh, the, uh, the, the way you've been able to earn these uh, strategic partnerships? Yeah. And I'm actually kind of really glad you asked that question because that is something I haven't been able to answer until recently, like after going through all, you know, the last three years of, of trying to be like, you know, full-time entrepreneur and, and learn a lot. There's, a, there's so many lessons you learn. Um, so my, my number one advice is honestly find the people that you align with the most, like know your, you have to know yourself at a deep level. Uh, in my opinion, you have to know your mission. You have to know your why. Um, you have to know what your goals are, and you have to find companies or people that align with that. Because, um, you know, I've had other sponsors and I've worked with other people in the industry, and we had different ideas and different goals, which is fine. 
But when it comes to a partnership, when you don't align in that area, your end goal is this and their end goal is that, it's kind of hard to work together because what does that happen? You start out here, but you end up apart, yeah. right? So for me, it was just really working with people that I aligned with in you know, ethics and business operations. So like I'll use noise aware for an example, because um, they believed in me since day one, like 2019, when I quit my day job, um, they, they were like, yeah, how can we be a part of what you're doing? Like we've had people in our office, listen to your show and we love it. And oh, wow. Wow. So, so like, very strategic decision. So just to give some context, because I, 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 I don't want to leave the audience with some like, oh, damn, like that was interesting, but like, Mm-hmm. like how do i like how do i do it yeah. uh, you talk about an alignment that's a very high mm-hmm. level it's kind of like when people say you've got to want it what does mm-hmm. that look like well like do i start looking at like what they're how they're serving their people and then do what exercise am i doing to also make sure that hey this is where i want to go and this is where they're going like what's tactical do i go on their website do i go on their yeah. linkedin do i reach out like what, what's tactical for someone to actually take action on yeah, thanks for uh, asking that because sometimes I forget the the step by steps. I think about the big picture too much. Um, well, it's there's a lot of ways, and for me, it was just kind of I think dipping your toe in the water at first and just having that conversation with them, seeing what the, their goals are, what's the the company about. But then you can also see like in Facebook groups. I'm pretty sure we're all a part of at least 20 Facebook groups, right? And of industry stuff. And you can see how people are reacting to these products and companies. Um, and it's un- it's unbiased too, because you don't know who the hell they are, uh, who these people are that are talking about X, Y, and Z company. They're giving an honest opinion, an honest ex- experience, or they're asking questions and people are giving their honest feedback on how they've experienced you know, said product um, or company. And you can take that and filter through like, okay, I've seen a lot of negative, let's say it's Ruben, uh, Ruben's. Uh, Whoa, you can't say negative and then say Ruben. What's going on here? Dude, <laughs> no, I was hit, say, the, hit the yeah. boss, pause button? No, I was going to say, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> you, know, you see, let's say rubenshairco.com or whatever. And you see a lot of, a lot of good comments about it. Like this product is really great. It helps me out a lot. But then you see, you know, a competitor product that says willshairco.com or whatever. And uh, yeah, the hair gel just doesn't work for me. No, 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 no. Will, if it's Will, it works. <laughs> I just want to put that out there, guys. If you're listening, Will, if Will has a stamp on it, it works. So let's come up with another name. Okay. Well, fine. We'll say, uh, we'll say, uh, I, I want to throw we'll anybody say, under the bus now. Joe yeah, Schmo yeah, is always yeah. a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo, uh, hair co. You yeah. see a lot of negative complaints. Like that's just for me. You can tell you like, no, right no, no, that's good. Like, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's, I, I get that. That's interesting. So I guess the next thing I would ask is like, okay, what happens next? Cause I'm a big, like my, the way I've had, I don't want to call it. It's not even success. It's experiments that have gone well would be mm-hmm. like, I reach out to people. Like I DM people, voice messages, I videos, I guess what's kind of been your thing when you're, cause I think it's really important for us. We call this experimentation. It's like, you got to experiment these things. And maybe Mm -hmm. there's something we can take from this is that, you know what, I'm going to try to shoot a video. What has worked for you? You feel when it comes from like, you know what, this is a big dog and I want to align myself with this big dog company. What's my next step? Yeah. In the beginning I started by Facebook and that did not work at all. Nobody responded to Facebook messages at all. Like it was never a, a thing. I tried Instagram, got a little bit of traction. But the one thing I feel like people will always respond to, or at least you'll have a better um, conversion rate with is email. Um, I'm actually like now for our guests, this is kind of a side note, but like 
for guests at Booker Place or um, anything else outside of like the podcast, um, we actually do customized video. So saying thank you for booking with us. We're so excited, like showing a real face to the name. Um, but with like strategic partnerships, um, email is always really good. And just be honest, like when you're creating an email, like keep it short and sweet, introduce who you are, kind of give a little snippet about yourself. Like I'm Will Slickers. I started in Fort Diamond Hotel. Like I love short-term rentals too. I've just gotten to the space. Um, we have a management company. Like granted, this has been me like four years ago. Um, but like just saying, you know, being honest, a little snippet. I saw your product online. I've been seeing you guys on Instagram and Facebook. I love the brand presence. I love seeing that people actually really like the product. I would love to see if I could just take some time to chat with you, see if we align on any of this content I'm creating on my podcast. What do you think? And just kind of leaving in their court. It just is really open. It's genuine. And it's kind of short and to the point. Nobody likes, and this is one thing I absolutely despise is that being a podcaster is I get probably five to who knows however many more uh, emails from PR agencies that are copy and paste change my name and some of them even forget to change the podcast that they're sending it to so I've been called uh, whatever x y and z hospitality podcast that has nothing to do with me and I've never even been on or heard of Um, so I, I hate generic but if you could just do something really short and sweet and to the point I feel like you'll get a better uh, response than you would with copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Mm, I love that. And I love how you said, uh, I don't know if I want to make sure that this doesn't slip through the cracks and it's very important is being genuine. I think, you know, we're in it, we're in a flexing age, man. Everybody wants to flex, but the problem is when you flex a muscle that you don't have, uh, you might miss out on the opportunity of someone willing to help you because they see a little bit of themselves in you. I know I've said that a little bit like, that's starting out is a benefit. Like it's beneficial. Um, and, and it's, you know, I say number one, it's usually age youth. And then number two is just being vulnerable and being completely, Hey, I'm new to this industry. And I think people respect that because anybody who's done something great remembered what it was like to start from the bottom. And so I'll leave you guys with that. And I appreciate you. Well, see, we got a chance to unravel that a little bit. See, because we get caught up. We're like, you know, we get there and we forget the process, but I love the process. And I think that's just, you ironed it out so well. Thank you for that alley-oop because the next alley-oop that you gave me is the whole podcasting, which is you're doing a wonderful job. I'm humbled to be a having you in our lab as a guest. Uh, but then being, you know, you, someone who's a, a, a doing it at scale and, and you've been able to, uh, like you mentioned earlier, break away from uh, the management job and now you're doing podcasting full time. You're getting sponsorships. You're also growing your management business. I mean, it's so refreshing. How important has podcasting been for you in your journey and how much of a catalyst it's been, man? Talk to us about that. If I did not have the podcast, I would not be here today, to be honest. The podcast changed my life when i was you know i would how old was i it was four years ago so i was 22 almost 23 and i saw a gary v tony robbins video together on youtube and they said hey dummy you you have an idea turn into a podcast get a 20 dollars mic on amazon go to anchor.fm and create a free account i was like okay like just did that because i was bored i had that entrepreneur itch but i had no idea what podcasting was i didn't know how to edit I didn't know what structures to do. I didn't know anything, um, but it was just something to, to create as an outlet and it turned into end up changing my life. Like here I are three or four years later and I have the freedom to travel, to 
not clock in at nine o'clock AM and, and then clock out at four and, and go home and be miserable. Like I have the ability to just wake up and be happy and love what I, what I want. Like some people want to do a nine to five job. That's great. That makes them happy. But for me, it, it was not the route and podcast. Again, I can't explain enough how much podcasting has changed my life. Man, what a plug. So I, I literally, I've been talking about this for, for, for such a long time. And it's not just because, um, I have an agency that does podcasting. It's actually the reason how the agency was born was because I started podcasting yeah. and I needed to help, um, you know, and, and how it's changed my life. Well, I can't even tell you enough. It was just that, like being able to connect like this, being able to get knowledge, insight, uh, being able to have a reason to reach out to people. Because when you have an audience that's bigger than you, it's not about you. It's, hey, I have an audience that I can serve that's interested in your product. Would you care to come on my show to talk about it? Like, it's just such mm-hmm. an easy, like, it's like a guard. It's like a shield. Like, and everywhere you go, it's like, hey, I have a podcast. Would you be interested? Of yeah. course, because everyone's interested in everyone's. I mean, thank God for the Gary V's and all the content, 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 because now people yeah. know they need to be on something talking about. And so I think I would literally say, and, and I started podcasting since 2015 and different podcasts uh, literally yeah. have I've learned so much. I've made some crazy connections, like reached out to people. I don't even belong to be in the in the same breath in <laughs> like literally and the reason I'm saying all this is I'm curious as to how you use, this is how I use my podcast. So you guys heard my benefits of all the experiments. Uh, the reason I got into short-term rentals is actually uh, because of uh, the guest I had, you, you know, Michael Shogren. Oh yeah. Love him. He's a great <laughs> That's guy. That's my guy. And obviously he's, he's a client of ours as well. He's a good, he turned to a friend and went to his boutique hotel. It's beautiful. Like that was a relationship that was fostered from a podcast. And that includes deals that I've done. It's unbelievable, right? I, I'm just telling guys, and I'm talking about, I, I do not, I don't have a Will size audience, right? Like Will's crushing it. I have a very humble audience uh, size and it's still a, a, a powerful networking tool. So now Will, how have you used your, your podcast uh, engine in, in your world? I use it for experiment and learning. Have you done the same? Have you done something different with it? And tell us a little bit about the whole podcasting and obviously give us the plug because you've done two different podcasts uh, from what I see. And, and I'd love to kind of hear how that even how uh, um, panned out. Yeah. Well, it started out like I had no audience, like I had maybe one or two people from my hometown that like plugged it in when I posted on Facebook for the first time. So it was like, yeah, I got two people. Uh, but when I first started, I just started reaching out to everybody and everybody that I admired or was like, yo, I think they have a good audience on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform. And I want to do such a good episode with them that they go share it and people start listening in. Um, that was kind of my start. That was how I built my network. I was like, I just want the best people, the best audience to crush an episode with them that they were proud to share. So that way when they shared it, they sold it to their audience and their audience mm-hmm. became mine. Um, Granted that changed like the organ. I feel like people don't understand the organic growth and reach of podcasting because when I was creating the show, I went with slick talk at first. I didn't think of, I just played off my last name, Will Slickers. I was like, that sounds like a you know great pot. But then <laughs> I looked, man. I, I looked Apple podcasts. There's tons of podcasts called slick talk. And I was like, I'm not going to get lost in this mess of other shows called slick talk. So I went slick talk, the hospitality podcast. 
Mm. Hospitality was that key word where I found out that there was back then to, yeah, 2018, it was like the beginning of 2018 when I started the show, um, was that there was like maybe three or four hospitality podcasts that showed up. The rest, like you'd have to type in hospitality directly to find it. Um, so I was like, this is great. There's no, no, uh, no one serving this market. Uh, and that's how I found, like, that's how I, I wanted to learn about hospitality more. I was still very young in the industry. I just, you know, left a hotel for two years and that like was my only experience. So I didn't know much about hotels and I wanted to learn more. So I started creating this podcast where I could go learn more. I wanted to learn. And then there I actually ended up, and now I just went through my reviews and there was a review that said, I love how Will has learned with us. He's been very vulnerable that he's not an expert or like, I can't say not. He wasn't an expert, but he was learning with us through this whole time. Like it was, it, it was kind of something really cool to read because I didn't see it that way until now. Like I, I didn't see that. I was learning. I just was wanting to connect with people that had so much to offer. And now how that's changed into my business is that I've realized I have had some of the biggest companies and short-term rentals or hotels and hospitality on the show. I've learned so much from them. They've become mentors in such a unique way that I have a, opportunity would be a shame if I wasted to not act on and create my own. Like I had a management company prior to this one that I have now I sold my shares in November, but I, I thought to myself, it would be a shame to not take everything I've learned from the show and from my guests and implement it and apply it. And like, you'd like to say, use my company quote unquote as an experiment when granted, like it's not an experiment. Like, like I want it to be really successful, but I'm going to try every damn thing I've ever learned on this show and see how I can make my company the best of the best because I've had nothing but the best of the best on the show. So it, I don't know. It's just because it's like your case study is right there. You just need to grab the information and literally pull the trigger. That's, that's phenomenal. And so was it always, uh, by the way, I love how you said that. And, and it is, you're, you're getting the ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of, and was it always one podcast? Because I, I want to make sure that, that I got that correctly. I know it's the Hospitality Podcast and Good Morning Hospitality. Is that the full yeah. name? Yeah. So uh, I have Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, which is my main podcast. And then I have another morning show that we do every Monday morning uh, with the business director uh, of development from NoiseAware, uh, Michael golden and then we have another show um that is uh, sorry not another show another co-host that is named michael ross from bidroom.com which is a hotel subscription platform uh, for for travelers so it's two shows and to be honest soon to be a third show we haven't launched it yet but we've recorded three episodes so far it's called the big give back and it's a hospitality and travel entrepreneur pitch show so other travel and hospitality entrepreneurs are pitching to a panel of other hospitality and travel entrepreneurs for any type of way that they can give back. It's not going to, it's not like full secure funding or angel investing like Shark Tank or anything, but can they connect them with resources? Can they give them free product? Can they introduce them to people? Can they give back in a different way that, you know, money can't help. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of companies yeah need an angel investor, but could the right connection to someone who has all the resources and tools to make their business grow, grow uh, to the way that they need it be life-changing as well? Yes. So oh, that's wow. our other show. That's a very yeah. neat concept. So there's no money involved. Um, not no money. We've the panel, the panel has uh, offered, you know, to become angel investors if they found the right co- uh, company, but the whole point is to give back. So yeah. what can I give back time, resource, money? Um, it's really pretty much any of those. 
Oh my gosh, so scary. Similar path. I literally had a meetup called Other People's Time. You either have time, resources, or a skill set to offer. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's beautiful, man. How refreshing that. Wow. So literally, we, we've come full circle. You, you even plugged us. And for a second, I thought you were going to say the big experiment was going to be the, the third show you were launching, man. I got hyped, man. I was like, oh, we finna collab, bro. What's happening right here? Uh, but it's all good. Uh, you literally could be our case study. I'm just so happy to see real practitioners, humble practitioners put in the work and have results. And, and, and I think it's just um, fascinating to see that. Look, we're right at the top of the hour. We want to make sure that we respect your time. So it's been a blast coming you, you know, having you in the lab come uh, a full circle. Uh, where can, I know where I can find you. Uh, which I'm very humbled, but where can the listeners tap in more into your podcast, your network, your company? Like where can we find out and engage with you the most? Yeah. Well, um, the reason why you can find me so quickly is because I love being a part of the invested talent family now. So thank you for that. Um, just want to give you that shameless plug because it's been honestly been a game changer so far just to finally be able to have hands off where I can focus on curating content in different ways that I've never been able to because I've been so focused on editing and scheduling and copywriting and graphics and like to have that freedom now is gonna yeah it's actually given me a lot of stress relief uh so I'm really excited but um a lot of people anyone else that's listening um can do is uh, slicktalkthepodcast.com and that's where pretty much all my stuff lives um uh we're, we're updating more with the management company website and a few other things, but the podcast is where pretty much it's updated almost daily. So you heard it here first guys. He came into the lab. He came, he delivered, he showed you his ingredients. He shared his journey and well, we can't thank you enough for stepping into the lab. And just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show, and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, Social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. 
If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.